Hello everyone, it's me, Abby, just popping in with a quick little disclaimer before we get into today's episode. So I know two weeks ago I promised you guys the big beautiful world of nomadic living this week. That will no longer be the topic of discussion for today, instead we'll be discussing skateboarding. Don't worry, nomadic living will be in two weeks, but for now, please enjoy the big beautiful world of skateboarding. favorite person in the world, Gar Michael Shealy. Hi guys. He's also my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the big beautiful world of skateboarding and I brought the person on that in in my world knows the most about skateboarding. So Gar, do you want to give us a little background on on skateboarding and you? Skateboarding and me. Skateboarding Um, and you. Sheesh, I don't know. I've been skating for like 15 years. That's a long time. I've been doing it since I was 10. Yep. That's more than half my life. I, yeah. <laughs> I got my first skateboard uh, Christmas of, what was it, sixth grade. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> not to be Oof. so shabby, I her older brother sweaty. would skate all the time out in the streets, like in my neighborhood, and I thought it looked really cool. So I asked my parents for a skateboard that Christmas, <laughs> and so did my all of my friends. We all started <laughs> skating at the same time. Did you talk about it beforehand? Were you like, don't ask my mom for a skateboard. You, you going to ask your mom for a skateboard? Um, I, I don't think she really coordinated <laughs> it like that. It was just kind of happenstance. We just it's all natural. We all decide to get into it at the exact same time. That's so fun. Yeah. And you lived in South Carolina, so like you could skate on Christmas if you wanted to. Yeah, the skatism taught us in South Carolina. <laughs> we had good skating every year, for sure. Dub. So, like, did you pick it up immediately? Like, did you feel like you were, like, a natural skateboarder? Or did did it take time to get acquainted? Or, like... Um, I think my friends and I, especially, like, my close friend, Austin Parker, Mm -hmm. he and I definitely progressed fairly quickly. Yeah. Like, within five or six months of getting that first skateboard, we were hauling down the sixth floor of the Rockefeller Center. (laughs) What? (laughs) So, we definitely, like, picked it up fairly quick. It took me a month and a half foot mm-hmm. but for that first like month or so i was just good at like getting comfortable riding trying to learn ollies like from like riding off like a little six inch curb <laughs> right and then yeah once once we started playing tight tight flip that was also a thing i learned how to kick flip in the nomadic living at like 10 years old and i can flip with you now and it's just so like instant competition a little bit yeah it was like whenever i <laughs> learned the trick and he learned it first then i would come back the next day and like review it you know yeah. and sort of like keep in sync with each other right it was like a nice little like motivator for the two of you definitely yeah so like for the people who like don't skateboard can you explain like what an ollie is and like what a kickflip is <laughs> and like i don't know like i mean before I knew you, I didn't know all, like, the physics that were involved with skateboarding, and, like, it really is super cool. Like It's the all way physics. My physics professor in college is actually a surfer and a skateboarder. I got to teach him how to skate in our classroom. What? <laughs> That's so cool. Shout out Professor Anderson. He's, he's <laughs> the best. That's so dope. <laughs> so, like, what is, what is the ollie? The ollie is just a jump. Like, a jump. when you see somebody riding a skateboard and they jump into the air mm-hmm. and the, the board looks like it's sticking to their feet, you know? Yeah. Like that's an ollie. 
and how the board doesn't flip around or do anything. It just comes with your feet up into the air and goes down and then back up again. And how do you even like know how to like? How would you describe what you do with like your feet per se to <laughs> someone? <laughs> you want me to teach your audience how to ollie? Right yes, now? right now. Everyone, um, grab your skateboards, please. Now. Gosh, real quick, I would just <laughs> say you gotta pop with your toe. Pop with the so toes. You hear that? We all know a skateboard. You sort of ride it sideways. <laughs> yeah. You put your front foot on somewhere near the middle of the skateboard, maybe a little bit closer to the front than right. the other. Yeah. And then you put your back foot on the tail of the skateboard. Mm-hmm. Like your foot is round and you have like the wheels of the skateboard and you're like this big wheel that goes out and back and in. Yeah. That's the nose and that's what you're controlling with your feet. Gotcha. But, you know, you have one foot, your front foot on, your back foot on the tail and you pop. So you push the tail down onto the ground. Yeah. Your board would be at like a 45 degree angle at that point. All right, I'm seeing it. And you sort of jump in the air at the same time. Yeah. Right? So that your board can come with you. And you sort of use your front foot to carry it up with you. Yeah. So you pop it with your back foot and you use your front foot to sort of slide it up Mm -hmm. on the board and bring it with you. So it's kind of like a... Sure. (laughs) 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 All right. Now you all know how to to ollie. So going forward... It's it's a lot easier than fidgety. Yeah, no, totally. I'm <laughs> I'm curious to see if people followed along with that. Yeah. Uh, that was really good, actually. Great teacher. Doing, doing my best. Great teacher over here. So, um, who who would you say were like the first people that you like looked up to in the skate community when you first started? Chris Cole. Chris Cole. Chris Cole. Who's he? Mike Mosopaldo was Kale from Kale from Kale. I lit- I was like, oh, yeah, it was Kale from my research, but I, I actually have no idea who those people <laughs> are, so uh, um, who are they? There was this skate video, the first skate video that mm-hmm. I ever saw. It's called Fully Flared. It's for this shoe company called Makai. Makai. Are they still um, a shoe company? They are. Mm-hmm. They're all right. Um, yeah. That's what they, like, their, their Nike company that's awesome. is. That's what they does. Yeah, they, they, got, they got what's going on. <laughs> Logan, you know Logan, he loves it. Oh, okay. Big Lakai guy. Big anyway, Lakai guy. Fully Flared was mm-hmm. one of, like, the first full-length videos that Lakai Footwear put out. And mm-hmm. it was epic. They had this whole intro in the beginning of that movie where they have each one of the skaters who has a part in the video do like a trick and then whatever they do the trick on explodes <laughs> so like mike mo capaldi i i mentioned him earlier he does like a switch kickflip down a 12 scale and as as he lands it and is riding away the 12 scale explodes on him <laughs> it's awesome it's super epic like eric Hostin does like a kickflip down like a five foot flat wild. as he's riding past he just like like the classic arm. like action movie scene and it's all in slow-mo too <laughs> and this this is to like really epic music this is just the intro to the video and That's so, so that, cool. that stuck with me and instantly I was like, captivated I remember learning how to do this thing yeah yeah no i mean i i knowing who you are now i i completely understand how you got into skateboarding <laughs> trust me yeah <laughs> if anybody wants to get into skateboarding with no frame of reference go watch that video fully flared it's Still to this day, one of the best skate videos that I've ever that has ever existed. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check it. Out. I don't, I've never seen it, so please go to watch it after. Let's yeah. watch it after. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, along with um, watching Fully Flared, I think a great thing to do before getting into skateboarding is fully understanding and knowing the history behind it. So you wanna you wanna dive right into this? That was a really good segue. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. 
So our story starts in the 1940s to 50s, like late 40s, early 50s. And skateboarding, skateboarding lies in the, the surfer community, its roots. And it came from a group of people. No one, no one really knows who, who was the guy or girl to invent the skateboard. But we do know that it came out of the surfing community of California. And it was these people, and they were like, oh, God, I really want to surf these big waves, but no big waves. And, like, how, how can we practice? So there were these, these little things called uh, roller skates in the market. People, people loved them, very popular. So these people took the bearings, the metal pieces, off the bottom of roller skates, and they, they put them on these wood boards, and boom, the first skateboard. And of course, these, these weren't very technologically advanced or practical by any means. They really were slapped together, but that is, that is where we can trace the roots to the original skateboard, too. Yeah, I can vouch for that. Yeah. I'd say that, that tracks with what I've heard through word of mouth. It makes complete sense. And for a frame of reference picture, if you've ever seen the movie Back to the Future, and if you haven't, you suck, so go watch it first of all. <laughs> but in the scene where... Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Marty. Marty, um, <laughs> Marty. <laughs> Marty he, he gets to the, the pass, and he's, like, riding on that. He, like, steals the guy's scooter, and he rips off the handle, and then he has a skateboard. Oh, yeah, that is, that is and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, like, kind of kind of what happened, you know? A little bit. Yeah. yeah, probably, right? I'd say so. I think the first skateboards were much larger. I think yeah. the first skateboards were surfboards with wheels put on them. Yeah, basically. Because what, what I heard through word of mouth, Word of mouth. Yeah, because I never like formally researched the history of skateboarding. Yeah, Even no. My fifteen-year-old day, I still haven't, so I'm still excited to learn more. But I mean, a lot of this was ringing bells, like what we've discussed, right. you know, just in like casual conversation. The, the story I heard is just from friends growing up. Is that you know, back back in the day, these surfers in California had this beach that they went to, and there was a shark attack. Is mm-hmm. the story I heard, and so. Like, the lifeguards and the, the, the city shut down the beaches for, like, a week or two because of the shark attack. And so it wasn't even that there weren't any waves. It's that they weren't allowed to get out into the water. Yeah. And so over the week, uh, over that week or two, they, you know, got bored enough to the point where they were like, why can't we just surf concrete like we can, you know, water? I mean, that's, like, a much more, like, magical depiction. It's much more story-like. I like that. Cool. I hope that's that's what happened. But like I said, like these were very like, you know, like basic, basic pieces of equipment. They were very slapped together. And most of the wheels were made out of either metal or clay. So it didn't really allow for people to go very fast and it definitely didn't allow for people to do tricks. So skateboarding like really had a slow start, which is what I found like most interesting is it it felt it gained popularity really, really quick and then it would fall from, like, the scene completely at times because, like, people would get bored with it really quickly. Well, yeah, if, if you don't even know what an ollie is, you're trying to get a little boring if you know how to ride a wheel. No, completely. But in 1959, the first mass-produced skateboard hit the market, and it was called the Ski Skate. So I, I sent you a little a little link to the, the yeah, first I original skateboard. You, you have this link? This 1950s vintage official ski skate. Yeah, do you want to you wanna describe what this guy looks like? This guy looks like a two bl- two by four, mm-hmm. just in two pieces. Basically, that's I mean that's really what it looks like. They look really small too, like compared to like the skateboards that you ride and like I see other people riding. I'm like, how did people's feet fit on those? Yeah, well, if you look at a, like the you know pictures of the older style, like 
get a black pen, Jay something. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we're both associated with it on our own souls. But I think I actually, I have, I think I have him on here. We'll get there. We'll get there. But continue on, continue on. He, he's always riding one of these. Like yeah. This tiny piece of wood where, like, he can barely fit his two feet on there. His, he's usually got his toes hanging off of it like a hinge pin. Yeah. He's using it to get to it. I mean, it kind of looks cool. It reminds me of a modern day penny board. Yeah. You know, penny right like, and like even a penny board has a tail this mm-hmm. one like the trucks like the wheels just change their location so like what what limitations does that like present to people like can well you, you like can't pop them out right like you, you know i was describing an ollie earlier you have to put your foot on the tail and pop the tail mm-hmm. whereas like you couldn't even get that leverage on those you know like there's no yeah, no, that so makes like sense. So, like, you could do the, the old school trick was, like, they used to, like, curl their toes around the board and mm-hmm. literally, like, fling it like that. And Whoa. kind of jump in the air and flip it with their toes. I bet some toes got broken in the process oh, 100%. of that. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, or you could just, like, bend down and sort of, like, grab the board while you're on it and try and, like, pop a little bit of yeah. the pressure and let it start it up. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that, that makes complete sense. So, with with this the invention of the ski skate or not the invention the 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 production of the ski skate and it's it's being seen everywhere Mm -hmm. um surfer magazine actually started releasing a quarterly issue called skateboarder magazine this was in 1964 and they described it as a new and exciting magazine published by the editors of surfer thrills and techniques of the country's fastest growing sport with comparisons to surfing and skiing if you're a surfer skier or skateboarder you won't want to miss a single edition of skateboarder magazine and in the original skateboarder magazine was an advertisement for the ski skate. And do you want to know, um, before looking at it, do you want to know how much, I mean, can you guess how much the, the first ski skate was? The first ski skate? Well, I don't know, like $5? You kind of build it up to be a little cheap. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, no, the first ski skate was sold for a whopping $3. Okay. Could be shipped to your house. You had to call a line. Yeah, I mean, if I was Penny Lake, I wouldn't pay like more than three dollars <laughs> for it. <laughs> no, that's so valid. <laughs> so, like I said, like skateboarding was like a really slow progressing sport in in retrospect. So, the magazine actually only lasted four issues because within within that that publishing period, it it fell from popularity. People weren't really talking about it as much. It it wasn't progressing in a way where a magazine could like cover cover the sport. You know what I'm saying? So, in the 1970s, that's when skateboarding really picked up again, and it was with the, with the invention of the urethane wheel by Frank Nasworthy. So, like I said, like, the metal and clay wheels, they would break, like, they didn't allow for people to go very fast, and, like, definitely it didn't allow for people to do tricks, but the urethane wheel did. And um, in 1976, this is, this is when it really took off. It was, it was during the, Cal- the Great California Drought which forced many California citizens to uh, drain their swimming pools, which is when pool skating was invented. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm, right? And that that was when really people started, you know, showing off, like building off of like what was already there. Like the progression started up again. And in 1978, the Ollie, Ollie, what we were talking about before was invented by Alan Geffen. Alan Geffen? I thought you were going to say Rodney Mullen. Nope, Alan Geffen. Because Rodney Mullen Yes. Wow, you know your trivia. I guess. That was very impressive. Alan who? Geffen. That doesn't ring any bells. Never heard that name. Really? Hmm. Very interesting. So, 
from the 1970s on, skateboarding really kind of, that's when it kind of progressively kept kind of building and building. And it still has its slower periods, but I mean, as we, as we know today, it, it's very, very popular in, in the modern scene. It's not even much of a subculture anymore, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I noticed a shift in middle school. Like, when I, I told you I was in sixth grade when I got my first skateboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my friends would ride it to school, and I remember that first year that we had skateboards, we were sort of seen as, like, outcasts more so than yeah. the cool kids that come, you know, s- like, the end of seventh, beginning of eighth grade is sort of, like, the pop and the trendy group. Yeah. That's interesting that you, like, witnessed that shift, too. Well, I think me and my friends kind of created that shift. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You, you taken that? I'm, I'm going to own it. All right. All right. Good. I respect it. So... In the 1980s, this is this is what the community calls the renaissance for skateboarding. This was a time when new tricks were being invented consistently and sponsored skaters were starting to make a lot of money and skate shops and skateboarding businesses began to thrive. So many skateboarding companies started producing new forms of media for skateboarders and this was the introduction of the skate tape. And originally these were made on VHS tapes and you had to buy them individually. Yeah, the 411. Did you ever buy VHS skate tapes? Uh, no, I was born past that time. <laughs> 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 I That's think very we valid. had DVDs by the time I was. So did you, did yeah. you have like DVD skate tapes though? Uh, yeah, Fully Flared came on a DVD. Oh wow. Yeah. You owned it? Or did a friend own well, it? Well, my friend Joe Nona owned it. I owned Ride the Sky <laughs> by the footwear company <laughs> Fallen. Yeah. With Chris Cole. How much did these like cost? They were like 10 bucks back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, That's probably cool. like 20 bucks now. Interesting. Do they, do they make them anymore? Yeah. Yeah, you oh can yeah, still buy them on DVD. Yeah, I mean, you can still buy them on DVD, but obviously with streaming platforms and, like, digital media, it's, like, out less common now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of skate companies, when they come out with, like, a full-length film, it's sort of just released on thrashermagazine.com mm-hmm. yeah, totally. or thebarracks.com or the Teen Boom Pages. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, this was also the time when Rodney Mullen invented the kickflip along with anoth- a lot of other notable tricks as well. So he was very prevalent. And he was still popular when you started skating? Um, I mean, he was sort of known as the godfather of skating. You know, yeah. like everybody knew that he was like the first person to right. trademark the kickflip. Like I'm I'm sure he wasn't the first person right. to ever flip a board under and his that's, feet. And that's that's a really good disclaimer is like th- this al- al- like a lot of other things like you can't like you can't na- na- narrow it down to like one person. No, but he was the first person to like record it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Market it. That's a, that's a really good way of putting it. So the 1980s was also the era of the vert or the half pipe, and that that also came into play. It's Tony Hawk's thing. Yeah, it is. But just like just like we saw in the past, popularity decreased due to stagnancy in skate culture. Like there wasn't much occurring, and according to the untrained eye, it, it you know it just. It, it seems repetitive if you don't well know what's going on. According to the quote-unquote untrained eye, any skateboarding thing is repetitive. That Exactly. My point, precisely. But in 1990s, that's when street skating hit the scene. So street skating is like basically like when, when the world is your skate park, and that's like what you were talking about with like the stair steps and like curb curb riding. The and rec center sits there. Yeah, precisely. Iconic skate park. What what is the rec center? Tell well it to the, the people. The recreation center mm-hmm. is like probably a better way yeah. to describe the rec center. 
No, totally. They had like <laughs> a, a bleacher. They had like a football field and bleachers on each side. Yeah. And the home team obviously had larger bleachers, and they yes. had two stick chairs mm-hmm. with like the brownouts in the bigger little area. Yeah. The away team on the other side had two three chairs. Oh. So I actually started on on the other side, oh. and we were all in the three chairs. Um, and I mean, at this point in my career, I've been always asking for three chairs. So. Right. Move it up in the world. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah, street street skating, great great example of it. Um, and this is what made skate skateboarding the most accessible. Cause I mean, like, not everyone had like a uh, drained pool that they had access to. Yeah, and almost everybody has a rec center. Oh yeah, totally. Everyone has a sidewalk at least. Yeah. So yep, sidewalks, curbs, railing, stairs, all used in in street skating, and. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got to say, like, from a skater, it sounds a little silly to hear you <laughs> describe skate objects like that. I'm not going to lie, I feel a little silly and very uncool right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, the 90s, it made, it made skateboarding accessible, and it, it, it reintroduced the scene, you know what I mean? It, it started progressing again. I guess I'm, I, I feel like I'm missing something here. What, what about the 90s? Like, streets were always there, so why did it... I think, like, street skating, like, it really gained popularity, like, the 80s. Probably, like, the end of the 80s was, like, the introduction of, like, the skate tape. And I think the 90s was just when people were filming more, like, on the street. It 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 was probably just, you know, people realizing collectively that that was a thing. Yeah, no, that too. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So, at this time, also, skateboarders were leaving companies that had started skate brands, skate companies, and they were starting companies of their own. And technical skating became, like, the forefront of the skate scene. So in 1995, the first X Games took place, and this took place, and this really brought attention to the public eye to the skateboarding community. So the first summer games were held in Newport, Rhode Island. 500,000 people were in attendance. And, you know, I, I initially thought Tony Hawk was going to be, you know, like, number one, number one. Like, that's who I think of when I think of the X Games. But Chris Sen actually won the uh, first gold medal in the first X Games in the skateboarding street section. Another name I've never heard before. Really? I thought you were going to be like, oh yeah, Chris Sen. Not not Christian Hathor? No. S-E-N-N. Chris Sen. And Tony Hawk got silver in that section, but Tony Hawk won gold in the vert competition. Well, yeah, that's his thing. That's his thing. He's not a street skater. That makes complete sense. So in 1999, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater video game was released, and this brought even more attention to the subculture. And from then on, it's just kind of like, it's slowly progressed. Like, not not much new things have happened, like, since the 90s in the skateboarding community from my perspective. Um, skateboarding was in the Olympics for the first Well, time. I was getting there. Yeah. I was getting there. Yeah, oh, my God. say not much has happened. <laughs> I'm like, actually, most of everything that's happened in the skateboarding community all right, like maybe not the most appropriate transition, but in 2020, skateboarding, the first skateboarding, <laughs> I'm starting to glitch out a little bit. So, in the two, you, you need me to take over? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like dark. At, at this point, I feel like I, I know more dark, than you. Dark, dark, dark. Tell me about skateboarding in the 2000s. Tell me about like what what's going on now with skateboarding in the 2000s. Up until well the Olympics. So, so a big part of it was style shift, right? Okay. In, the, in the 90s, people skated with very small wheels, mm-hmm. toothpick thin boards. We're talking 7.5 inches wide. Like yeah. a very small skateboard. Like I personally have skated at 8.5 to 9 inch long. 
So small wheels, very skinny decks, and very baggy clothes and shoes. Okay. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a very bulky, round, like, DC shoe, mm-hmm. like, that's all that people skated back in the day. Gotcha. And it, I guess they thought it looked cool back then. It looks very silly now because the <laughs> style now is pretty much the polar opposite. Larger wheels, wider decks, and very skinny shoes and tight-fitting clothes. And how does this, like, af- does this affect skating itself, or is it just, like, I the mean, culture around it? I mean, I cannot skate in a bad shoe. Yeah. When I'm looking for a good skate shoe, I'm looking for a pointed toe, mm-hmm. a very skinny and narrow shoe, because I feel like that, it gives you more precision to your foot. No, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like, I feel like DC shoes look like they're going to fall right off your feet at any time, so I can't imagine skateboarding well, in them. Well, they would, yeah. That was How also part of the style is to not even tie your shoes and have them very loose fit. You'll you'll see, and I mean that's still a thing today. You know, yeah. like now they're wearing you know Nike dunks and yeah. making them super super loose. And let's go, like I'll I'll see clips of people messing up on a trick and their shoes just go flying off their back feet. Like that's so dumb. Why would you want? Why would you want that to affect your skating? But yeah, I guess it's a whole package. It to looks it. cool that way. Mm. Yeah, it looks cool. I guess that is like a big part of skateboarding. Probably that like that the is biggest part. The biggest yeah. part of skateboarding style is everything. Yeah. It's not about sense. what you do, it's how you do it. Yeah. No, I that that completely checks. So, I mean, let's let's talk about the the Olympics now. So, as a skateboarder, were you excited for skateboarding to be in the Olympics? Mixed feelings. Mixed feelings. Uh, the whole skating community had mixed feelings. I remember when it was first announced and sort of seeing the different professional skateboarders I follow on social media and their difference and some people were very excited. I mean, take Nigel Beeson, for example. Yeah. He obviously was, like, the guy to represent the United States. We all knew the second it was announced that mm-hmm. he was going to be the dude. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, funny enough, fast forward to the actual Olympic Games, and he's sort of the choke. Yeah. Um, our, our guy, Jagger Eden, ended up, you know, t- getting bronze for America. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even have blinked otherwise. No, um, I know. But so obviously, you know, Nigel Beeston was pretty stoked about it. He overall was very optimistic. And then you have other maybe more underground skateboarders that think that, you know, skateboarding should be what it is at its roots, like a Mm -hmm. rebellious community, like sort of, you know, for the has beens for for anybody who doesn't fit in. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? And and they a lot of people felt like it, it. Becoming, or you know, being in the Olympics for the first time was going to make it even more mainstream than it has already become, and yeah, a lot of people were viewing that as a bad thing. No, and like that's valid because I guess like part of like the magic of it was it was like created by the community for the community. Yeah, you know? exactly. No, that makes complete sense. And it was it was it's always been at its core sort of a community sport. Yeah. No, like totally. all inclusive, you you know anybody can skateboard from mm-hmm. the businessman to you know server or whatever you do for a living like it doesn't yeah. matter anybody can pick up a skateboard and do it mm-hmm. but it's definitely been you know at its roots uh more for like the rebel kind of people no totally so anti-conformist is what i'd call it yeah no i i, I hear that so were you uh, so japan won like a lot of the skateboarding of course they did everybody knew they would so you you expected that everybody expected yuko horigami the guy who is representing for japan to yeah. win Funny mm-hmm. enough, yeah. he lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact that the guy's representing Japan is a little silly because mm-hmm. did he grow up there? Yeah, but does he still live there? No, he doesn't. No, and like he's like a part of the LA skate scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've been following Yuko for years, 
Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that he was representing Japan, I was like, okay, you know, I mean, Nigel still could have beaten him because Yuto has been Nigel's only competition in yeah. stable competitions for the last few years, whether it be X Games or what the what the um, competition that I really like and I think a lot of other skateboarders like, which is Street League, yeah, SLS. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nigel wins almost every street league that's held. Gotcha. The street section, at yeah. least. You know, he's the, the best street skater, skateboarder in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yuto's a very close second, if mm-hmm. not, you know, not surpassing him. And so, yeah, no, we, f- we fully expected y- Yuto to at least come in second, if not beat Nigel. No, that, that checks. Yeah, and then second, Brazil. Brazil has always had, like, the best skateboarders. I've seen so many insane skateboarders coming out of Brazil lately mm-hmm. that I, I knew that they would be in the top three. And they remain top three, I believe. Yeah, no, and yeah, that that is what my research says. <laughs> I only watched like a little bit of the skateboarding, and I'm not gonna lie, I think I only watched the women's, and I don't even, I mean, boo me, I didn't even research like who came in first or whatever for the women's. Probably I, I forget her name. She's super young. Yeah, she's like 12 now. What? She, she took first place um, for the women's section. Where well, is she's she from? also really good. Yeah. Um, She's she's Brazilian. Oh, okay, cool. So Brazil again. She lives in America. She yeah. has like her whole life. Yeah. But she's Brazilian, you know, descendant. Yeah. So yeah, like she's, she's from like. I, it's kind of silly to me that they're that athletes are allowed to represent countries outside of their home. Currently, um, I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. I didn't know. Uh, well, that. at least in skateboarding, it's a big thing because yeah. like all professional skateboarders live in the United States. Yeah. Like pretty much all of them, mm-hmm. especially if you're like an A-list professional skateboarder. Obviously, there's tiers to it. You know, like, if you're any quote-unquote celebrity, you have a, like, a deal. Mm -hmm. Like, any A-list professional skateboarder moves to Los Angeles to get to that point. You know, because that that is the hub Mm -hmm. of skateboarding. As it is for a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. No, that makes complete sense. So, I guess... We'll we'll end it with where where does skateboarding fit into your life today, and and do you see where do you see it fitting into your life in the future? Today I have a very much a love hate relationship with skateboarding. Yeah. Um, just because you know I keep hurting myself <laughs> doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, for anybody that doesn't have any kind of skateboard background, um, hope this has been you know informative and entertaining, but also it's very um dangerous and taxing on the body yeah like any professional skateboarder is pretty much guaranteed to exceed their limits in their career by like 30 35 yeah you know the fact that tony hawk's still doing like a 900 on his half pipe at 52 years old is absolutely insane has does he have two new knees like are his knees still his he's i mean he's i'm pretty sure he's had like surgeries and work done i mean yeah. i'm sure he has if not the <laughs> knees like other places so how is knees um, doing though but especially <laughs> the knees, yeah, yeah, that's definitely, like, the first thing to go out. I personally have no cartilage left in either of my knees. Yeah. Squatting is You like also skate so hard. Like, watching you skate, like, I feel like I, like, feel you hit the pavement sometimes. That's that's everybody. Yeah? That's just skateboarding. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's just skateboarding. <laughs> that's just what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... So, yeah, I hurt myself doing it, so sometimes it's very frustrating. But at the same time, it's one of my biggest releases. No, totally. You know, like, when when I'm feeling down or if I've, like, if, if I've got something very serious going on in my life and I just need to, you know, escape for a minute, hopping on the skateboard, putting in some headphones and just skating down the street mm-hmm. really takes my mind off everything. You know, like, when, when you're in the middle of 
good where you're not thinking about anything else except random shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a very good outlet, I mm-hmm. think, for a lot of people. Like, that's definitely a big part today of why people love skateboarding so much. Yeah. It's also a community, you know? Like, when mm-hmm. I go home, we have this place called The Bridge Spot. It's this little DIY skate spot where we've, you know, laid hundreds and hundreds of pounds of concrete over the years and created this skate park. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's made by skateboarders for skateboarders. The city actually just recently registered it as an official park and it's cool. got a sign and <laughs> trash cans there. Mm-hmm. Um, but before then, you know, it was just this spot that skaters have created. And when I go home now, I'll that's one of my favorite places to go. You know, yeah. I just see all my friends. It's a great place to just gather and meet new people mm-hmm. and talk to people you haven't seen in a while. I've seen you in action at, at the bridge spot. And let me tell you, you just you just light up there. It's awesome. It's the happiest places in the world for me. <laughs> it really is. And I think a lot of people feel like that about their local skate spot or, yeah. skate, or skate park. It's just a place to go and just be yourself, you know. Yeah, um, no. And, and see and be part of a community, too. No, completely. The skate community makes my heart so warm. And, like, it's just awesome. being able to, like, kind of see it and, like, maybe, like, slightly be a part of it, like, on my roller skates at the skate park. Like, it's fun yeah. when you do a trick and someone's like, ooh, nice. And you're like, thank you. Oh, <laughs> there's there's no better feeling in the world than landing so a really cool. cool trick and hearing somebody in the background cheering you on or slapping their board <laughs> on the coping. <laughs> I love like when they do that, when they clap with their boards. Yes, like, <laughs> so somebody saw that. Awesome. <laughs> do you remember that time we were at the skate park and I think it was in, in Nashville? Maybe and um, the guy gave everyone popsicles there. Oh yeah, I that was popsicle guy. so awesome, <laughs> and it really hit the spot. So I just like that was such a happy day for me at that skate park. Yeah, I mean it was also like a hundred degrees yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, and I skated a bull for the first time. Yeah, I sure did. It was good stuff. It was really good stuff. So Dar, what was um what was one thing that you learned today? One thing I learned today is that Rodney Mullen did not invent the island. <laughs> Which I guess I, I kind of knew that. Yeah. I didn't know there was a single person they pointed to to invent the ollie. Because, again, there's no way that guy was the first person to no. jump up in the air with his skateboard. Like with any – like but with mayb- coffee. Maybe, maybe he was week. the first guy to call it an ollie. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know? Like he's like, I'm going to call this an ollie. But, like, what's interesting <laughs> to me is that there's there's people in, like, third world countries that have no outside, you know, like influence from right. the Western world. And they're making their own skateboards and doing tricks and just calling it whatever they want. So no, there, there so might cool. be like a little kid in Africa with this makeshift quote unquote skateboard he made, like doing jumps in the air. And, you know, maybe he calls it like American or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> he's never heard the word Ollie. You yeah. know, it's just like this arbitrary label we slap on little dumb people here. No, that's that's so valid. I'm happy I could I could bring you some new knowledge today. Um, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I think I pretty much knew everything. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't stump you. Didn't stump you. Well, Dar, thank you so much for coming on Big Beautiful World. It really, you made my day. It's it's been my pleasure. (laughs) Is is that it? Are we done? I mean, like, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got for you here. Sweet. I feel like I could talk about skateboarding forever. You want to talk? What what else you got to say about skateboarding? All right. Picture this. The person, the person that you love the most in the skateboarding community is listening to this podcast right now. What are you going to say to them, and who is it? Um, that's a pretty good question. Let me think about it. The person I love the most mm-hmm. in the entirety of the whole skateboarding community. I mean, that could be one of my friends. It could be, like, a professional skateboarder. Like I just – anyone. 
Um, gosh, there's this really cool skateboarder. His name's Billy DeKaiser. Mm-hmm. He never puts out any content. Yeah. Like, he's got maybe, like, two or three skate parts on YouTube that I can find. But yeah. I love the way he skates. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, this – he's a super tall, lanky guy, kind of like me. I guess I'd say that he skates like how I wish I could skate. Okay. You know? And yeah. he's super talented. He can do all kinds of, like, crazy technical tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would I would say to him, put out more stuff, Billy. Like you're a dope skateboarder, <laughs> and I want more content. And I can't. And I know you skate every day, so <laughs> put more stuff out there. Yeah, get, Billy. Get a filmer or something. Let me come film you. Yeah, Billy. Honestly, business opportunity here. He's way too good of a skateboarder to not be putting out more content. Take so advantage of this, Billy. Dar's a great Billy filmer. Kaiser, if you are a skateboarder, even if you aren't, definitely film him. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, Dar, thank you so much again. And uh, stay beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Stay beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed episode four of Big Beautiful World, the big beautiful world of skateboarding. Big Beautiful World is a history variety podcast hosted by me, Abby Sukup. If you want to keep up with me outside of these airwaves, you can follow me on Instagram at abbysukup underscore. That's A-B-B-E-Y-Y-S-O-U-K-U-P underscore. Big Beautiful World is released on a bi-weekly basis, so we'll see you guys back here in two weeks for the Big Beautiful World of Nomadic Living. I promise it'll be nomadic living. I'm not even kidding this time. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, night, evening, morning, wherever you're at right now. Smooch your cat, hug your dog, help a stranger smile, drink water, all that good stuff. And most importantly, stay beautiful. I'll see you guys in two weeks.